1: from home when your office could be anywhere 2021 has been the year to rediscover the outdoors mid-america rv is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers fifth wheels teardrops and toy haulers they have the right size rv for any vehicle all covered by their exclusive rv warranty forever game days remote work getaways and family vacations are all better in an rv from mid-america rv find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. speaking of vacations Paige and I just got back from our respective vacations. No, we did not go together. And I actually took a vacation in a Mid-America RV, 10 days in the wilderness in an RV. And I know you're listening to this or watching this and thinking, Matt Miller is not a 10 days in the wilderness kind of guy. You would be correct. And you would be right. It is. It is true. <laughs> I ended up in a Marriott like a couple days in. So I was like, it's 98 degrees in Moab. I'm not doing this. And even my fiance who's like, she was like down to like get, you know, be rugged and and outdoorsy. We were both like, listen, I need like a, I need a shower Shower. somewhere with like down bedding. So we went nine days, nine days in an RV.
2: Basically, what you're saying is that you need an actual RV that has a shower and all those things. You need to upgrade with Mid-America RV. I've already been
1: talking to the people at Mid-America RV about this. I texted him a couple days in, and I was like, number one, thank you for making me get the RV with the air conditioner. Because Moab, Utah in June, very hot. Are you thinking of not getting it? Yeah, originally I was going to go with just a tent (laughs) in the back of my truck, which would have been stupid. Uh, So I was like, number two, we need to upgrade so that I can take a shower anytime I want. Because I'm like a a two-shower-a-day kind of person. So I you got two that. on me. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's summertime. Mellow, no showers for Mellow. But one nice thing about our other friends at Manscaped, that lawnmower 4.0, not only does that flashlight, it's waterproof. And rumor has it, Mellow, that they're sending you and I a little summer care package to keep things nice and so air, airy.
2: I'm going to so. request that they send that to my house as well because... Members of my family, we were all in Hawaii, and it's mm-hmm. very hot and sweaty. We're <laughs> using we the things that I had the given stuff. them. I, yes. were, I sources say they were like, "Hey, by the way, TMI," but like, thanks for the stuff you gave me. It's all worked and been that very good. We were deodorant. hot and in Hawaii. Yep, the when you're on the beach, is,
3: it's a game, changer. and it's hot. I need yep. like the kano yep. sized one, because like, the one yep. that they give me is like a little. I don't
1: know how to take that. Yeah. There's a lot of area be to cover. Right?
2: Melo's usually me on his whole body. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. I um, just
3: scrub it in there a little bit.
2: <laughs> Melo, what did you do during the time off?
3: Uh, I worked. Chilled.
2: Worked.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you guys uh, actually work? nothing. Yeah. Like, I, I have this other job that I do, and I did that the entire time. Cool. It was business. But did you as miss usual. us? Oh, of course. Then I would get to like Monday or Thursday and be like, what am I supposed to do? Like there's something else on the schedule that was supposed to get done and it didn't get done. And then I realized, oh yeah, it's a podcast. Everybody else just left me. Uh, So you had more free time? Probably not, actually. I just filled it with different things.
2: That makes sense. Well, we Mm. took, what, two weeks off plus a little? We missed a lot of things, which is great because... Again, I guess we should tell everyone we are moving to one day a week Um, during the summer. We should clarify it's just during the summer. Once Mm -hmm. football season is around the corner, we will start back up with two again. That is the plan. But for now, you will get to spend your summer Fridays with us because it's just easier in terms of news.
1: I'm a summer Friday kind of guy. You know, like this is (laughs) when I'm at my best. Just it's time to like open some... You know what? What's the Boulevard Wheat One Hundred? Is that our sponsored line for summer beers? Actually, that is my favorite summer beer. And just I need there's not that much going on. Summer Fridays with us are, are where it's going to be. But like you were saying, Paige, yep. well, as soon as it's close to football season, we'll be back to two times a week. And I think to a lot of people who came on to this podcast, we had to like rush to start this podcast when you know Mello and I decided to leave Bleacher Report and and the other podcasts we were doing there. And so we we hurried into this, and because I was still under contract, we couldn't do a lot of football stuff last year. Well, I'm not anymore, so we can do a lot of football stuff this year, and I, I know we're all excited about that. Paige and Mello, you guys know more about college football than any two people I know, so I'm excited to just hear. I view college football through the lens so much of the NFL draft, so I think it'll be fun that you guys have it through the view of college football And then we can add in, you know, my, my view of it. And then, you know, vice versa, where I look at things as players, as prospects, you guys look at them as like Heisman candidates, which we're going to talk about today and and all the other fun stuff. So it's going to be a a fun ride this fall.
2: Yeah. My uh, favorite fellow podcaster, Lauren Bostic always says launch fast and adjust. And that is very much what we did was launch fast, and now we are adjusting. That's so my whole life. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> I was thinking it. You said it.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you need to we'll figure you this want out a shirt. T-shirt.
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure she has some sort of merch. Um but she doesn't skinny Google confidential. Right now. Which I feel like is not a podcast you guys listen to. But anyway, um, yeah, we are going to adjust, and a big adjustment in the NFL this year is Julio Jones is not on the Atlanta Falcons anymore. He is a Tennessee Titan. So this news broke pretty early into our break, but I did want to give you guys a chance to discuss it because we did talk about it a lot leading up to this. And he ended up in what seems like the perfect place, but were the Titans in a spot where they were Julio Jones away from actually being a serious Super Bowl contender? Or is this still something that maybe we don't totally overreact quite yet because he is 32 years old, has injury issues and things like that?
1: I think a healthy Julio makes them a Super Bowl contender. I would say in the AFC right now, it's the Kansas City Chiefs are obviously the team to beat. They've been to three straight AFC championship games, and the only time they lost one of those, Tom Brady beat them. So they are still the favorite in the AFC. I think the Cleveland Browns, and I know how ridiculous that sounds, but I believe it. I think the Cleveland Browns are the second best team in the AFC. I think the Titans have every right to be the next team in there with you know the Buffalo Bills, obviously, is another one. But I think the Titans knows. can be that good. My question is with the Titans, it's more the defense. They like this thing they lost. Malcolm Butler, they lost to Dory Jackson, Kenny Vaccaro. Those were all salary cap moves. They have to still figure out a pass rush, which they've had a lot of trouble doing. I think Jeffrey Simmons is amazing. I think Harold Landry is a good player. Uh, Their middle linebacker, uh, Rashawn Evans, he's a good player. And obviously Kevin Byers is a stud, but they need some dudes to step up this year on defense, which I think Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach, but if Julio is right, he has to replace basically the production of Corey Davis and John o. Smith, who both left in free agency as well. So there there's a big hole for him to to fill. But man, as long as you have Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and Taylor Lewan opening things up in the run game, like you're probably going to be pretty solid. And I, I do think their offensive line will be better this year uh, with Dylan Raiden sliding into right tackle for Isaiah Wilson. I mean, that's that's a big upgrade.
3: Yeah, I think it'll help keep teams honest. Uh, looking back at what they did last year, I don't, I don't think any team is a receiver away from a Super Bowl or even being a Super Bowl contender just because of position, but it's going to keep teams more honest. I, I think teams started to really load up in the box and be like, all right, we're going to force Matt Tannen- or uh, Ryan Tannehill to beat us, uh, who's pretty much Matt Ryan, but uh, I think Julio will help out with that. And Derrick Henry can still have a really good game, but you do have to play him more honest. Now, I don't know about Super Bowl contender. But it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And Julio is a great blocker, so I guess we'll see a lot of that too.
2: So there are probably, I would say, f- maybe 75% of teams that if they get Aaron Rodgers, they do become a Super Bowl contender. Um, yeah. And this guy is offended. He's a complicated fella, as I've heard. Um, I know we've talked so much about this Aaron Rodgers situation, but Matt, are you still annoyed? Do you still think this is all on him and his reaction to things do you think the Packers should figure it out because at what point do you go this is a little too dramatic how about we go okay let's this is this is a breakup (laughs) let's let's get the most we can for him and just let it go
1: I think we've we're past that point I really do I'm of the mindset now if a player requests a trade like there's not a good long-term solution to that. So the Packers right now are basically saying, well, let's just try to appease him for another year and then we'll move on. It doesn't make sense. They just do it now. Get what you can for him now. His value is only going to decrease. Get what you can now. I'm still annoyed by Aaron Rodgers, but I do respect the fact that he's like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Let me go. And I think that's one thing that like we all lose sight of sometimes. These players are human beings. They were drafted into these situations. They didn't sign with these teams out of college. Now, obviously, yes, Aaron has signed some extensions after the fact to stay there. But you know, now he looks at things and says, how hey, do not want to be here anymore? And yeah, there's going to be that part of people that say, you got to honor your contract. But I mean, he's just asking for them to move him for fair compensation. So I, I do think that that's his right to request a trade and say, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Here are my reasons why. What kills me is what happens in the media is you have people like, Uh, James Jones, who played with Aaron Rodgers and now works in the media. And he's like, oh, I know Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy. Everything's going to be okay." And then you have reporters like Jay Glazer, who's like, everything's not going to be okay." He doesn't want to be there. And so it becomes this, like everything, this polarization of you have the people who are taking Aaron's side, the people who are taking the side of the insiders, for a lack of a better term. So I'm over it. I think it's annoying. Wearing the I'm offended t-shirt, I think is hilarious. Like, I, I mean... I'm petty, and I'm like that. Like I would do things like that, so I get it. And I, that's probably the only thing Aaron Rodgers has done in the last few months that I thought was funny. And Melo knows this. I used to not really like Aaron Rodgers because of, you know, the stuff with his family, and he was just kind of prickly and like unapproachable. And it was just like, okay, great quarterback, probably wouldn't want to spend two seconds with the guy. I had completely done a 180 on him until this stuff happened, and I was like, I hope he ends up on the Niners. Seems like he's, like, opening up, becoming more personable. It was like we were seeing him, like, hit this second stage of his career and be like, oh, okay, he's now comfortable showing us who he is as a person. Now he's maybe shown us too much and needs to go back to being the guy that doesn't talk to anyone.
3: Yeah, he's annoyed the shit out
1: of me with this whole process.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I've always been, like, neutral (laughs) on him, but now it's just like, I'm so tired of hearing about it. I really, I just, I don't care. And I would trade him. I would have traded him in April. Like even with hindsight now, like the market for him, Matt, Matt, like you said, it's not getting better. Teams aren't like going all in now. And he will he play with them? Yeah, maybe. Maybe for a year he's with Green Bay. Then you're going to lose him anyway. You should have just traded him this offseason, got as much as you absolutely could for him. And then you could move on with Jordan Love. I, and I feel bad for Jordan Love, too. And I, I remember when the Packers drafted Jordan Love and everybody was saying like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be so good for him. Uh, he's not going to do what Brett Favre did. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, cause he is. And I'm just, I'm over it. I would have traded him. He wants out, let him out. Hey, I'm not faulting him for that at all. If you want to go work somewhere else, you should have the ability to go work somewhere else. But yeah. I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm over the t-shirts. Uh, I, it, the only thing that this is making me do is like Tom Brady more. I love that every time I see an ad or, or something for the match, Tom Brady's poking the fun. And being like, hey, you know yeah. what, uh, Rodgers is probably going to go for it this time. Right, Roger. Right? You're going to do that? you can going to go for it? See what I did there? Go for it because of field goal? And I like
1: it. That stuff is hilarious where Brady's like, yeah, we know Aaron will want to go for it. Or Man, uh-huh. he might not want to be here, but like that <laughs> is hilarious. And I, I don't know that like Rodgers and Brady will ever be the like, you know, like buddy cop that we want them to be i think <laughs> and i'm not just saying this because i'm a mahomes guy i think brady and mahomes is the one that like i they play into it better like there's a lot more personality mm-hmm. there well, no the madden's so, over together
2: yeah I, I, mean- I
3: think they both get it too like uh that talking a little shit online is good for both of them and it draws up attention we get excited about these games but both of them yep. were able to look at it and just say, like, ah, oh, yeah, we know we're just kind of having fun. Like, want to want win on the field, want to do the best that we can, but going to poke some fun, have, you know, a little bit of banter on Twitter, and I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I think it's not really fair to compare the two because Brady's situation was a little bit easier to manage in the sense that he, like, got to filter the fact that, like, he was leaving, essentially. It wasn't like, oh, I asked for a trade and I did this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I also think that this is very much on the Packers in the sense that like there are guys that play for the Packers that are like, hey, my, what happens here affects me. So like, can you guys care about everybody else on the team at this point and be like, hey, we need to take responsibility for this. Whoever we move in here, how, who we move out, like who we bring in, all those things affect everybody else. So I think you're in charge of the team. Aaron is not in charge of the team. He did this early enough where they could have figured it out and He, I believe he did talk to some teammates about it and said, yeah, this is true, like, and was very transparent. So, on that end, I give him a lot of credit for trying to do it. This has blown completely out of proportion, like you guys have said. People are, they're basically talking through the media, essentially. We don't really know if, I mean, Mark Murphy did say that they were reaching out to him and having conversations, but like, it wasn't specific enough of like, hey, we've sat down and talked to him and this is a done deal. We're still working it out, blah, blah, blah. So, to be fair, I do think both parties are at fault here. I think Aaron Rodgers is having a little bit more fun with it because at this point, like, that's all he can do. You know what I mean? Like, he can only make jokes about it because he's not in control of anything else. Like, he's made his move. It's the Packers' time to make a move, and they're yeah. the ones dragging down. So in my opinion, and, they're and, more at fault in this situation and sort of made it worse. And just real
1: quickly, because I don't want to feed a fed horse here. Thank you, PETA. I do think that, like, the Brady analogy, he played it well because he was doing those short deals And then he was able to void with like a no franchise tag. It's like Brady set it up and he probably had to play in New England, like maybe a little bit longer than he wanted to, but he set it up so perfectly that he got to leave when he wanted, you know, when he like got to walk with time left. So I think that's one thing where we see a lot of these guys sign these super long deals, not thinking about like, what if I actually don't want to be there that long? Yeah. You no, know, it's like those of us in media, most of us sign like two or three year deals because you want to be able to you know, move at that time and see how like the landscape changes. And you usually have a, like a couple new bosses during that time span. And with the Packers, it's like, yeah, you might have signed this deal when it was Ted Thompson. Ted's not there anymore. So uh, yeah. you have to understand those dynamics when you sign these long contracts.
2: Yeah, it's definitely tough. All right. Pivoting into college football. One of the biggest news stories. While we were gone, I was having breakfast with mimosas in Hawaii. And the college football playoff committee made a recommendation about a 12-team expansion for the college football playoff. Who wants to go first? I'm going to go last because I'm going to be super long-winded about this. I'm so excited. I can't wait.
1: Um, I was also on vacation when this happened. Did it actually... It didn't pass yet, right? No, it's no, no, no. This to. is just a recommendation, but it to. is
2: going to. Yes.
1: Um, thank God, because I'm so fucking tired of the Central Floridas and the Boise States and the Cincinnati's of the world being like, oh, well, if we were in the playoff, we'd beat Alabama. Bullshit. You won't. It won't happen. So... I'm in I'm in favor of more college football. Give me more college football all the time. And I know everybody's gonna be like, oh, my God, the Cinderella stories. Save that for your basketball that no one actually likes in football. (laughs) Powerhouses matter. Nick Saban's gonna put that fucking daddy dick on the table and remind all these little D2 schools that somehow sneak in as a 12 seed that they don't matter. And I say that as a Texas fan. We'll probably be one of those teams. This is 12 seed and gets the shit (laughs) out of (laughs) us by Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney. College football is run by four teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then someone else rotates in every year. Probably Georgia this year, maybe Texas A&M. I don't give one shit about Cincinnati's not going to win national championship. And I like Cincinnati. They're not going to. You cannot, in college football,
2: so have that
1: ride of like, oh, we have a senior team with one white kid who can shoot. We're going to win. It doesn't work that way in college football. They got five stars, three deep at Alabama. You're not going to fucking beat them with your one stars who, like, walked on, and now they're a great story that we're seeing on Saturday mornings. College football is still run by the Giants. It's still going to be those same team, three teams winning every year. But more college football is good.
2: I thought I was going to be long-winded.
3: Melo, what do you got? uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I am excited that these schools will get the chance. I I am also tired of seeing like the We Want Bama signs. I don't think we'll be seeing much of those anymore because now you're going to get your chance, and it's not going to be good, and you're going to realize what happens when you get out of the American Conference and you have to play the Alabamas or Ohio States. I, I don't think we will see upsets there, and I know the format that they're playing around with would be like the top four uh, get a bye week, so I do think we can see like some first round upsets where a Cincinnati team beats. Um, I, I don't. I don't even know some a Cincinnati beating Georgia so,
1: or, or Texas right. and Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah we've that seen be, that before. Could totally. And then in round that. two, you're probably going to get your ass kicked by the blue bloods who are dominating football. Like this isn't going to change who's at the top. I don't know how mm-hmm. you're going to defeat. Nick Saban and Ryan Day and Dabo Sweeney—the teams that they have—it just doesn't look like that run is going to end. But it is cool. And one thing that I did really like about it—I know that this is just a kind of all speculation at this point though—is like the the six conference champs, the six highest-rated conference champs. Nowhere in there does it say anything about Power Five.
2: Power Five. It is just the six
3: conference champs. So like last year, uh, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina both would have been in the top six. They would have been an automatic qualifier. Sorry about you, Oregon. You weren't ranked high enough. You don't get in there. Mm-hmm. And so I like that they're giving those smaller schools a chance to get in and play. I know that there's also a lot of heat coming down with where games are going to be played. They don't like that Alabama wouldn't be able to host uh, a playoff game, but other teams would like a Cincinnati. Would, yeah. So I think so there's no still like, a lot your that's going to change,
1: too. Last year, Coastal Carolina finished 12th. So they mm-hmm. would have played Texas A&M, and they would have been destroyed. Yeah. Like, yep. they well, would have been run out of the and they think, would have played at field
2: but but yeah. who this is my question for last year's playoff cincinnati would have played georgia and georgia would have had to go to cincinnati to play yeah. that game i think cincinnati would have won that game
3: the, i mean they I won the bowl game right it seems like forever ago that that happened and exactly. i think georgia right. probably had some opt-out guys which that's another but i
2: mean like guys. in a home yeah, environment good. though like it That just is so exciting. Like the thought that people can, I understand that Alabama fans and those type of fans are all upset, but like you're being rewarded for being the top four still. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing. You should. The the other part of this recommendation that I absolutely love is the fact that this didn't go from six to eight to 12. They just expanded it and did what was needed for college football and got it right the first time instead of dragging this out over years and having, you know, different ways of doing this for a certain amount of years and changing it and having to go through all of this process. They just immediately went to what I think is the best option for college football. I love the idea that they are going to extend the season into January instead of like making it earlier in December to kind of give kids rest and things like that. They're going to have a week zero. So they're paying attention to what the players need as well. I think this comes at the perfect time for the committee to make this recommendation on the heels of um, the name, image and likeness stuff happening right now, because if you are going to ask players to play more games, you probably are going to need to compensate them in some way for this thing. So uh, it is all kind of coming together seamlessly, um, I do also think um, it's interesting to see what Notre Dame will do when this actually happens because their athletic director is on the committee that made this recommendation. So I, do I think that he like did it so that he it forced his his school into a conference? No, but I do think he saw the success of what happened when they were in one last year. it was kind of like a simulation. and it would benefit them to be in a conference and now you have to be to get that out of it so they wouldn't be able to be ranked higher than five in the new recommendation if they didn't join a conference. So it's pretty interesting to see what will happen there specifically just because they have been in the playoff conversation quite a bit and would be there, but they'd have to play a game. So um, it would be very interesting to see what goes forward with that. But again, like this isn't confirmed yet, but I think this recommendation is so like, there's a lot of loopholes that the the committee left themselves. Like you said, there's no power five guarantee that you're in, you know, and that, I, I like that because it holds Power Fives accountable for the quality of their conferences. Um, but yeah, I'm looking I forward to the have one question, though. Yeah.
1: It, so, I mean, let's say they do expand the college football season and it goes into middle of January. You know mm-hmm. who that really hurts? Draft eligible players because you have the Shrine Game, which is ha- getting a big boost in 2022. The Shrine Game is going to be a, a much bigger deal. And the Senior Bowl. Those happen the last two weeks of January. So if you're an Alabama player and you're running into January 15 for your college football season, and then you're expected to turn around and in a week or two weeks participate in a a pre-draft bowl game that really helps your draft stock. It's a selfish decision or a selfish move to plan it, right? It's like this helps you. So you have to make that decision of do we opt out of a potential college football playoff run or do we help our draft stock at a pre-draft event? to where I mean if this does happen I think the NFL has to look at the calendar and say do we need to move these things back do we yes. need to move back this the shrine game do we need to move back the senior bowl because maybe those events need to happen early February to mid February maybe the NFL combine needs to happen a week later in early March because I man you just can't do it you can't no. you can't smash all that together because especially if this thing expands it's not just a couple schools having guys opt out now. It's twelve of them, and mm-hmm. you're going to hear complaints from NFL teams if that happens.
2: Yeah, well, and I think here's the thing. I do think that they're going to have to adjust because this is there's so many stakeholders. Like outside of the players, like the major stakeholders, the committee, the NCAA, the schools, the the like the people with rights, ESPN, things like that. They're making huge money off of this expanding, and so it's going to be them against the NFL. And I know that we've talked about this before and they are, they're a huge power, but like, that's going to shift. They're going to adjust to make it work because of that. And so, um, I, it's unfortunate because I do think that there's going to be, we thought people were mad about guys opting out of bowl games that mattered. There's going to be a 12 seed where there's maybe a guy that like says, Hey, I'm not playing in the college football playoff. And that's that's gonna make fans mad. But I also don't think it's gonna be as common as people think because I do think there will be adjustments made and they will make the most of it. They are gonna have extra rest and things like that during December. So um they all of those things are being considered. Um I think the NFL is and all of those like games and things like that are just gonna have to adjust to it because Hey, it's beneficial for all of them too. More popularity, you make you're gonna have a guy that goes off in in the playoff that maybe somebody else wasn't watching that played for a group of five that's a first round pick that like they're gonna pay attention to it when you draft him. That's gonna make your team more money long term. That's like big big scope thing and very much a leap. But still, you get the point. Um, speaking of leaps, geez, here we go. I oh. even even on even on vacation, I still had to see Arch Manning everywhere. And here's the thing. I love him and I think he's great. I'm so nervous for this kid and all of the pressure. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing for me is we saw him obviously throw at Clemson. But one of the things that came out during all this, like, Arch Manning hype time was that he had a relationship with Alabama. And there was a tweet online where someone was like, I hope he, like, tears every ligament in his leg. I can't believe he would do that and go to Alabama. Like, why wouldn't Arch be even considering right?" like Alabama like I, mean, I get the history of his Peyton family to I understand that right what yeah Peyton but went like to Tennessee I, I know Peyton went to Tennessee Ole Miss like it's all there I get it but like he's gonna make his own legacy and also if we're gonna start crowning him the best Manning which people have been doing which hold on seriously like come on I get talent wise and all the things that he's been around he's probably gonna be pretty great it's like written in the stars but like Do not call him the best Manning yet. That's so much pressure. There was
3: was like, he has the legs of Archie, the mind of Peyton. (laughs) I'm like, that's, there are three fucking Hall of Famers there that you're comparing this high school kid
1: to. Let's
3: pump the brakes on this one. Let him live a little bit.
1: Yeah. But from the minute he was born, this was the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. I mean, he, and to your point, Paige, yes, this is a lot of pressure for an 18 or 19 year old young man. He's been under that pressure probably since the first time he picked up a football. You know in peewee football, people are like, hope he fucking sucks because, you know, it's like he's had a target on his back since he decided he wanted to play football. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just uh, – he's probably used to it. He's just probably going to have the thickest skin ever because of his name. And I know yeah. that there's been some talk that he's – I mean, he's visiting Texas soon. I hope they sign him. Like, I think any college yeah. football fan right now is like,
2: yeah, you know team.
1: what? He might be overrated. Still, hope we get him. Like every
2: year, I don't year think he's overrated. Idiot. I don't think he's overrated. Let me just clarify that because I don't want people to be like, "Page things are." I just am concerned, like I was with the quarterbacks leaving college football, going into the NFL this year. Like, people are so quick to like get that like clickbaity like headline of like, "Arch Manning is yeah. going to be the best Manning." Like, that is so. That's a lot. That's a little aggressive, and you don't have a lot of evidence to to prove that. Like, I get that. Like, that's a good guess that he could be the best Manning like that that's a solid guess and you could be right years from now but like hey let's not do that and also please don't be mad at him for look and this is my Alabama homer coming in don't be mad at him for looking at the best team in college football like nice. if he if Nick Saban is going to be there when he gets there which sounds like he's going to be um which by the way he did get a contract extension while we were gone as well so um Nick's not going anywhere um but like, you want, you want to go play for Alabama. Like, if you're a kid in college football, you want to go play for Alabama,
3: period. You have to look at Alabama. If they send you a letter in the mail, mm-hmm. you're putting that shit on Twitter and being like, hey, look at what I just got. Uh, you know, I'm definitely going to consider them. <laughs> so, at you know, a minimum, you put them in your to top ten. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who gives a shit where your dad played football? Hey, oh, old Exactly. Man, like, I mean, four. I
2: think he's 6'4". Yeah, yeah.
3: he's probably <laughs> like going to be a junior in high school. He's still growing.
2: I mean, I mean, part of me uh, understands the like tradition of things, and like maybe if he went to Tennessee or Ole Miss, it would be cool. Like I think Ole Miss specifically, just because of the coach they have there and the offensive things that they can do, um, and the people that are committing to go there as well because of that coach. So um, I don't know. I I was happy to see that he is, you know at places we get to see him throw we, he's more visible now than he has been in a really long time Yeah,
1: because they shut down like he doesn't do media he doesn't he didn't no. take early scholarships like they've handled it really well which yes you would expect
2: yes they, you know, they have very much football of course yeah right and if they do want to talk and have someone write a feature on him i know a guy named adam kramer who is very talented and would do a great job but anyway um do you some think guys lane are- kiffin
3: will still be there when Archway yes. is recruited, yes,
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Wait, really? I think
2: Nick. I think Nick and Lane will both still be there by the time he gets there. Well, I think
3: Nick. I will think be. Nick will be.
2: Yeah, I think Lane will be there.
1: Man, I well, think- speaking of Lane, Arizona State's in trouble for recruiting <laughs> violations. Look at that segue. You can't write I know. this shit.
2: It's perfect.
1: Um, Melody even try to make it happen. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
2: This um. Look, I'm going to check my No, I'm not. Um this is funny to me. Um because obviously Arizona <laughs> State is the rival. Um uh, this is kind of hilarious because their fans are going to try and spin this in a way that, you know, we did as Arizona fans when the NCAA was investigating. Um so the NCAA is investigating Arizona State for having recruits on campus during the covid dead period of like not having them there's reports of them having guys at games being hidden in boxes there's um guys what, what, coming up wait
1: ba- say that again what
2: hidden what in in like suites like in boxes like they're being hidden oh, in okay. bo- I thought you meant I'm like a
3: cardboard like shipping box <laughs> okay oh i did too. <laughs> like wait what <laughs>
2: Well, glad we clarified. Glad we clarified for our listeners. Um, Got it. There's there's rumors of guys being led up back stairwells to go meet Herm. Um, There's a lot of things that are happening here. And some reports say like, oh, Herm had no idea. Some are like, he totally knew. He knows 90% of the things that are going on. So um, I don't know how much trouble these coaches are going to get in. And I do, I think that there's going to be a fall guy and – Herm is fine and things go back to business as usual. Yes, because I think that's just the nature of of NCAA investigations. They can't seem to figure it out still after years of doing these. So um, I do think they they get away pretty all right. But yeah, if there were players on campus during this pandemic and you were very much knew that that was not the case I know so I saw someone who was like oh well they haven't coached in college football first of all they've been there for a couple of years now second of all this isn't like a normal college football recruiting rule this is like a hey everybody knew that there weren't supposed to be people on campus you weren't supposed to be going anywhere really during the pandemic so it makes sense but I don't see it being like a huge like I know some people were tweeting that it was going to be like a huge shift in the in the uh, college football world, out west, and like the powerhouses and blah blah, I don't think this shifts a lot. I do think recruiting is going to take a hit just because they are going to have some things to to handle. But I don't think it becomes like the big deal that everybody's made it out to be. Unfortunately, because
3: I think twenty years ago it would have been a big yeah, deal, yeah. but so. I, I don't. Does anybody really care about recruiting violations? Like, oh my god, they no. had this kid at a game. I don't give a shit. Let them. Like, I, I don't care. Let them. in Arizona State, close enough to Texas that they're probably recruiting rivals at least. I don't care. Mm, he just so. It just doesn't matter. You paying these kids? Good for
1: you. You should be. You should be paying them something.
2: Exactly. I know. I hate I, to admit that. Like, I agree.
1: I think it's just, yeah, much do about nothing. It's like, oh, you paid some players. They're all going to be paid soon. So I would just call mm-hmm. Arizona and say, what you all do when your scandal happened? And do the opposite, though. That would be my recommendation. It would be like five 10 years thing ago thing when you knew that different. kid
3: that smoked weed. was like, oh, my
1: God, he smoked oh, weed. Right. And now it's like, oh, yeah, he smokes weed. Nobody cares. right? Like, it's fine. It's like that's the kid State you went to right. high school with who grew weed is now like the richest kid from your high school class because he's just he's a farmer yeah. now and he makes so much money.
3: Yeah. yeah. That like a There are probably parents reading this recruiting story and are like, oh, my God, they're paying players. Everybody else is just like, yeah, it's that's going to happen. Who cares? Move on. It's fine.
2: Yeah. I do recruiting like with the Herm sticky. Edwards thing.
3: It, like you but. can't play the card of like, oh, he was an NFL guy, he didn't know better. It's your job to know. It, it yeah. doesn't matter if you didn't know. Uh, it's my job to know what the speed limit is. And if I go over that, they bust me for it. It's my job yeah, you to can't, know what recruiting In a
0: court is
2: of on. law. In a court of law you can't claim ignorance <laughs> anyway, so it's not a defense. But I do think too, people have to understand Herm's gonna do what it takes because he plays the game to win. So mm-hmm. I, that's the thing you have to understand. He plays the game to win. He's gonna he do whatever it takes
1: to win the game.
2: The game. Yep. So, all right. To a panic. That's what I just labeled this, and I don't even know where to start here because oh, he threw what five interceptions. This is <laughs> so annoying. Please, everyone, relax. I what? Why I... is the internet going <clears throat> upset? Why are they going crazy over this?
1: I, a couple things here. Uh, okay. Number one. Um it was raining that day, number one. And that, didn't, a get, down that didn't get put in. It's like wow. a monsoon, right? So like number one, it was storming and he threw some picks. Number two, you're supposed to throw interceptions in practice because you're, and I want you to brace for this, practicing, which means <gasps> learning. You're trying new Practice. things. It is not a game. So, not, a game. Like, I don't, not a game. I don't understand this at all. I don't understand it from the media perspective. I do understand it because media members want retweets. They want likes. We want people to click on our articles. And it's a lot better to send out a tweet that says two or five picks than it is to say in a monsoon Tua a struggled with grip and through five interceptions or however you want to word that one tweets a lot better than the other fear. Sells. We all know this, but it is like it's kind of irresponsible. And I, I do think fans need to calm down. Media members need to calm down. We see this every year. Mello, do you remember the year that Mahomes threw like five or six picks one day in practice? People it were like, was, "Oh my god, he's going to be terrible." He won the it was MVP. 2018.
3: That yeah, it was right before yeah. his MVP season. He was taking right. over for Alex Smith, second year, and he threw a lot of interceptions. And people were freaking out. The Kansas City media was like, "Oh my god." This is the guy who's supposed to lead our team. He just did this in practice. He overthrew this yep. guy. He can't find uh, Travis Kelsey. And Then guess what? It was fine. But I, you're supposed Work to down. be aggressive in, in practice. Find out what throws you can make where you want your receivers. You have to do that by being aggressive. Be aggressive in practice. Like no dusting. That
2: was a girl dad thing.
3: Exactly. Not my girls. No
2: cheerleaders because it's a real sport. Yeah. I would no, agree with you rest. guys that the media does need to calm down. I mean, even during the draft, there was this one guy who like doubled down on the fact that like the Niners were going to pick Mac Jones, and like he needed to chill. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Probably I true. It did. it didn't since need to you said since you called
2: out the media, I've been sitting here waiting to say that. But I was laughing the entire time. I, I feel like when you're the in
1: the media, you can call the media out.
2: Well, and also the media stop like, them the media. Is
1: like, right, there's not a group of us. Yeah, thing we is don't like, hang out information that
3: was clearly wrong versus and then the media changes things you guys get together i think social
2: media people get media mixed up with social media because here's the Mm -hmm. thing it it's not necessarily irresponsible to tweet out that he had five interceptions because that is actually reporting and factual it's irresponsible in the sense that you know what that's going to do when you put it on the internet that's the the change that journalists Yes and no, like yes and no. You could have context. How much? How many times have you wrote an article, but the headline doesn't give full context, and people have responded to it without reading it? You know what I mean? Like that's a huge problem. But in a tweet,
1: like to it through another pic, asterisk. It's still raining cats and dogs. Like,
2: yeah, okay. I just they know what they're
1: doing. They know. Th-
2: they, do, they do, they do, but I'm saying yeah. that's the part that's irresponsible, not the fact that you're reporting the yeah. actual things that are happening. That's totally sure. allowed, but just make sure that you know what, well, and that's the other thing, is you have to know that that's what's going to happen, and you have to be able to tell which reporters are doing it for tweets and likes, and which ones are actually just telling you the facts, and some people will call out people that are doing their job properly. So, yeah, I don't understand the panic of it. I think two is going to be fine. I think we all need to relax. I didn't know it was raining either, so I'm glad that you added that context, but... Sure. Um, But guys, we are going to take a little bit of a break to make some money. And then we are coming back to do a little early Heisman's with a Dark Horse pick as well.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: As Paige said, we're going to give you some early... Heisman favorites and some Dark Horse Heisman favorites. Uh, I'll just rip through my list first since I'm the one who talked first. I do believe, as much as it pains me to say it with the Texas hat right there if you're watching on YouTube, that Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma is the Heisman favorite right now. We've seen what he can do the last half of last year. We know Lincoln Riley's offense is loaded. They have all kinds of talent at wide receiver. This is a, it's a good team, well rounded team. Without a, a stud in the backfield this year, I do think they're going to rely a little bit more on the quarterback and Rattler's number should be enormous. Number two on the list and the player I hope wins the Heisman, DJ Uyangalele, the quarterback from Clemson. We saw what my man did against Notre Dame last year. He looked better than Trevor Lawrence when he played Notre Dame. Fun fact. I think he is going to be so explosive this year. They have Justin Ross coming back at wide receiver. They'll be breaking in new pieces at left tackle and at running back. So a lot is going to be on his shoulders, obviously. But the Clemson schedule, not that hard. So we should see video game numbers from him. Number three on my list, maybe a little bit of a sleeper, Isaiah Spiller, the running back from Texas A&M. I don't know that A&M has enough at quarterback to win 10 games again this year, but they have enough everywhere else. The offensive line is great. Spiller's great. Anaya Smith, their kind of gadget guy on offense, is great. And the defense is loaded as well at every level. So A&M will be a very, very good team in 2021. If they can get consistent quarterback play, they have a chance to make make waves again, be a top five, six team. And I think that would put Spiller in the Heisman conversation. And my dark horse player, this is mostly from Melo, but I think Brees Hall at Iowa State, Matty Campbell loves Brees Hall. We all love Brees Hall. And he has a chance to hit 2,000 yards rushing this year, probably 2,500 all-purpose yards. And if we don't see a quarterback breakout, Brees Hall's yardage numbers could be good enough to get him into the Heisman conversation. Yep, I agree with you. That's my guy, has been. Uh, I want to
3: take credit for like starting that train. I, I think I was high okay. on him as a recruit. So um, I'm going to agree with you, though, on my list. Starting with Spencer Rattler, for every reason you said, hey, the receivers are great, the system is great. All you have to do is go in there and, and play, and you're going to be a Heisman contender at OU. So I do think that he's the favorite. I think it would be silly not to have him as the favorite going into the season. And I wanted to go a little different than some of your guys' picks. So I'm going to go with uh, Bryce Young. Out of Alabama, real Ooh. shocker. I know. Yeah, really going out on a limb, but I do think that he's <laughs> going to come in ready to play. And you talk about you know being surrounded by great players. Yeah, he got it at Alabama. I know that there's a lot of new players, but you know we talked about it in the the first segment. Yeah, they're four or five stars. It's not like they're bringing up some freshman that no one's ever heard of. They're bringing up guys who are five star recruits who just. Couldn't beat out a first-round pick, and now they're getting their opportunity. John Mechie, Billingsley there, a whole herd of running backs that they have, and always a great offensive line. I think Bryce Young is definitely going to be a top candidate. And uh, third guy, a little bit of a surprise, but I think his name's going to catch up and he'll get some steam here going into the season. That's Emory Jones at Florida. The quarterback, Dan Mullen, does a great job there with quarterbacks. You see what Kyle Trask did. Jones has been in that system for a while, and he is so much more athletic. I I think that he's more of a Dak Prescott-style quarterback where he's going to be able to run around, make plays, and and I'm just comparing him because the Dan Mullen thing. That's not like a player comp, but it's so much more athletic. (laughs) He's going to be able to do it with his feet, with his arms, and there's always good talent. In Florida, he's going to get the chance to shine. And my dark horse, and it's only because he plays on the defensive side of the football, is Derek Stingley Jr. We saw a receiver win it last year. I think maybe this is the year we get back to seeing a defensive player win it. And with Stingley Jr., he's probably going to get some reps at receiver. I know that was part of the recruiting there was, hey, come in, play corner as a freshman, and then we can work you in more at receiver. I think 2021 is the year to do it. Last year with covid Maybe not the best offseason to work into a new position, but I, I do think that he has athletic ability. He's going to make plays on defense. I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, returning. I, I think he's going to play a Charles Woodson-type role, and if he can run into five, six interceptions and a couple touchdowns, he might be able to do it, especially if you know the other guys, if Rattler struggles with interceptions, if uh, the Clemson quarterback doesn't have the surrounding pieces, if Bryce Young can't get it going, we're going to look to turn and, and find somebody, and it might be Derek Stingley on defense.
2: I love that pick. Um, I agreed with you both and pick Spencer Rattler. Also, um, I've been high on him for a while. I think that Oklahoma team is finally going to have all things rolling on both sides of the ball. So I think having your team in the playoff conversation and in, in in the top four conversation um, is going to be a big deal. Um, I also picked DJ Yui Young-Laylee. Like you said, Clemson schedule, he's going to put up numbers um I do worry that there is some bias towards like not doing the Clemson thing because I look at Trevor Lawrence so I don't know that that'll actually be a pick I just personally would vote for him on the fact that like I know he's probably gonna have a great season but like again for some reason I think there's a little Heisman bias against Clemson in that I don't know if it was just Trevor Lawrence but I think that maybe DJ might be in the same yeah. boat their quarterbacks um, this- never
3: really put up big numbers
2: No, even Trevor Lawrence
3: loved him. He was great, but he never put up like outstanding numbers and you kind of have to.
2: I think the other thing too, is that Clemson's a little bit behind Alabama in the sense that like those guys are surrounded by really great players, but I don't think that like, I think people are still having that conversation of, oh, they're still surrounded by great players. Alabama, it's like, oh, maybe Alabama's quarterback is really good just on his own. You know what I mean? Like, I think people are giving Alabama the credit and Clemson will get there and people will understand that after a couple of years, but I think we're still giving Alabama Players the credit of being good individuals. And Clemson is still collectively a good group, even with Trevor Lawrence, which is so crazy to think about. Um, the next person on my pick, I was going to put him as a dark horse, but I actually just prefer him being on my list. I put Bijan Robinson. I think, again, like if we see some people... Yeah, hook him. Um, it, one, he's a Tucson guy, so shout out Tucson. Um, but I also think, too, that like you guys said, like we could see some of the quarterbacks not have like the best of not putting up big numbers and it's basically about the best player in the country so I do think a running back could potentially win it and then as my dark horse I picked Brock Purdy just because that team is returning so many people from last year like so they I think they're have the second most starters out of anyone returning and they were good and they're going to be in the well, they would be if the playoff, they could potentially be in the top four conversation. I don't think they make it in, but I'm just saying like they're, if it's expanded to 12, they're definitely in, um, and a team that I could see beating people. So I do think that that could be a dark horse potentially because he is a quarterback and it's a sexy position plus a team that's probably going to have a lot of fans behind them in the push.
1: He's also been there for nine years. So there's a lot yeah,
2: he's been there for a thousand years. In. I think I've told this on the, the podcast, but my brother's like Brock Purdy is like the Perry Ellis of, and I don't know if Matt, if you get that reference, but it's you a know. Kansas one. Perry Ellis was at. It oh, the basketball like he was ex- player. Got it. Yeah, 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 Got it. He was there He makes
1: shirts. I, I think that's it. Right? You know, uh, right. Yeah. Cologne? <laughs> I think our girlfriend in high school got me his cologne. Is that right? <laughs> no. Nope. Definitely not. Like, <laughs> oh, it,
3: right?
2: Lord. Anyway, we have some paging two guys questions, you guys. Um, Mello, do you want to read them?
3: No, like, absolutely no? not. Because <laughs> the way that my screen is set up, I can't.
2: All right. Sorry, (laughs) Paige. Tim, it's fine. I was just trying to get you involved. I was just trying to, you know, give you some some layups here. Uh, Tim, Tim,
1: Noah can answer first.
2: Tim, yeah. yeah, Tim asked if you all could, y'all, if y'all could make two people in sports or entertainment have a boxing match. Who would you book? For me, it'd be. Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love or, wow, that's interesting, Bryce, Bryson DeChambeau versus Brooks Kepka. Sleeper might be Jake Paul versus Canelo. No, just so I could see yes. Jake get his blank kicked. Fair, fair. Um, Mello, who would you like to see box?
3: Uh, I actually really like the Kepka and DeChambeau one. I I don't even know if it's real or if they're just kind of feeding into it. No, but, it's real. Uh, I like we always say that, but I don't. I don't know. We'll see. No, it is. I I think that they like the attention that they get off of it. So sources, confirm They're definitely feeding into it more than they need to. So like, get it in, fight, get it over with. I don't care. I'm done with that one. As far as football goes, uh, me and Baker Mayfield still an option. I don't know. That would be one. Uh,
1: That's a good one. How about Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore? I think they legitimately hate each other. So I know there's a watch big though. size difference, big size <sighs> difference there, but like anytime they are going against each other, like it's must watch, you know, just have to watch it. So, um, I would watch that one for sure. Or Aaron Donald against Quentin Nelson would be, I just feel like that'd be fascinating again, a little bit of a size difference. I don't know who I'd pick to win. Be yeah,
3: I yeah,
2: hard would to pick like, against Aaron Donald. Yeah. Very, I would anything. probably take very. Matt Miller versus John Lynch. Oh, uh, that's when I was Oh, would John would whip my kidding. ass.
3: Yeah. That's, <laughs> He's like, I'm, a kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: that's death wish. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. on. You want no, to I be love... one guy, one girl on a podcast? I, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I, love, <laughs> I love the idea of Brooks and Bryson fighting, but I don't want their beef to end. I know, Melo, you said you're tired of it. No, I'm not tired of it. Keep it going. It's good for golf. I hope more guys call each other out for being douche canoes. And I, I absolutely love that rivalry. And it's real. So, anywho.
3: Yeah. What about? Let's see who like, else asked a question. Uh, I would like to go with like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. That's what oh, I would I'd be... like to see. That would be Or yeah. Kyle Shanahan. The they would like
2: hug. They would hug the Kingsbury. whole time because they don't want to ruin their pretty faces. That's, you know what
3: I oh, mean? Pretty much. What, Never put Cliff Kingsbury in a, in
2: a ring. Fine. Never put Cliff Kingsbury in a ring. Don't ruin that face. Anyway, <clears> All the JD. Things really he's already like got a wonky want, eye. Long, so. Oh my gosh. JD said, hey, guys, I've got a question I've always wanted to ask you. How do you watch tape (laughs) to evaluate players?
1: (laughs) Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Um, Do you just have an unlimited supply of footage from games? Am I missing something? Living in Ireland, I don't have much access. I just rely on catching many live games as possible. And highlights, too, but the but they obviously only show the best parts, and I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of key players and games. Thanks and love the pod. Also, lots of emojis in there. Love that, JD. Thank you for asking. I also asked this question to um, Matt and Mello when um, we started doing this podcast because, again, I didn't evaluate players um, on an NFL draft perspective. I did it mostly from the college football media perspective. So guys, what do you do um, to watch film?
3: I think one of the most important things is uh, don't be afraid to use YouTube. Uh, I know that you're going to find people on social media who think they're really cool because they found like some source of college football tape and they're like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. He still uses YouTube. Yeah, do it. You have to like, that's how you almost have to get your start on this thing. It's not good Yeah. Uh, for a lot of positions. It's damn near impossible, but it's a start. And it's better than, you know, filling up your DVR with recorded games. Go to YouTube, type in a player's name, and then verse. You'll find all kinds of game footage. It's not great, but it's a starting spot because it's really difficult to get your hands on actual, like, all 22 college footage. And, you know, even for, you know, yeah. Matt and myself, it's difficult at times. Like, okay, I want to watch this player, this game. Sometimes it's you can't find it yourself. So don't be afraid to get on YouTube, search up a player's name. I, that's a great place to get started. And I would guarantee that if everybody in this industry were being honest, they would say that's where
1: they started. It was on YouTube watching guys and yeah. breaking down that film. Uh, you're right, Mello. I mean, until my job changed, you know, there'd be times like, I need to watch this player. I don't mm-hmm. have all 22 of him yet. Uh, so what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to have to look on YouTube or search online or ask someone, you know, hey, do you, have any, do you have any of this? But even if people do have it, a lot of times it's an access based system. So, you know, with my job change, I now am really, really lucky that I'm able to access games much like NFL teams do. So any player that I want to watch, it might not be like sunday they might not have all the games loaded but within a reasonable amount of time i can get in there and watch the games that i need to watch on the player so that has made my life exponentially better but mellow is absolutely right don't let anyone shame you into watch players how you can the important thing is yep. to watch them like yep. don't just parrot takes or like just try whatever you have to do catch games live watch youtube um there's a there was a, a service a while back i think it's called like football clips or draft clips look them up i I think that's the name of it draft clips they were kind of doing a good job of of cutting games so you could watch that player but i i think you just any way that you can't watch the player you try to do it and especially when you're doing it as a hobby or you're doing it someone who's getting started i think the important thing is to just be transparent about like i this is what i have available to me so this is what i watched you know and that's the best you can do
2: that's all great advice guys Um, moving on to Jay's question, if you could take one current athlete and put them in another sport, which athlete would you take? And would they have a hall of fame career? Um, I would take LeBron James and he would play football. So yeah,
1: yeah. I think it'll be too soft for somebody going to football.
2: No, he's not. (laughs)
1: He's too soft. You can't flop on a football field. I'm sorry. You don't get favorable calls. Somebody pretends to pull your shoulder. You don't get to lay on the court for 90 minutes. Can't do that in the NFL can't do it he's soft
2: the longevity so of his career and how he's basically avoided major major injury for as long as he hasn't been as good as he has for as long as he has and kept his body that that he's a great well athlete shape. that's great what I'm saying athlete, he's a great athlete. athlete
1: to ever play the position but he's mentally soft the game I don't think that works in football I just know like I would take Mookie Betts and put him at corner like that is a generational athlete who has amazing reactive quickness he has leaping ability he has strength his hand-eye coordination is fantastic. You see it when he hits. You see it when he fields. Like, that's going to work playing the ball. It's like, I mean, yeah, everybody's like LeBron or Zion. Like, okay, as either, I don't know that either of them has shown the toughness, like, to, to actually play football. To where you'd be like, okay, like, LeBron's 6'9", 250. He's going to play tight end? Okay, he'd probably be a lot like Jimmy Graham where he's great in the red zone, but he can't really do anything else.
2: Yeah. I think you guys also have like I think other things that people need to realize is that you do have to train your body differently for different sports like in the Michael Much Jordan definitely. documentary they talked about how like yeah. he went from basketball to baseball and like working out to be in baseball shape is different than basketball shape. I think LeBron mm. James has the body that he could do that and like if he would have trained to be an NFL player he would have been a great one that was just my point I'm not saying that he's I don't think the mental toughness thing is actually fair because he's one of the greatest ever but cool.
3: I, I think he's soft too. I mean, he's got to stop flopping. I I hate it. I, there's like, it's
2: He's flopping it's but that doesn't mean he's to not tough. That's part of the NBA in general. If if guys like I'm not going to say Jordan would flop but I'm just saying it's a different NBA now. The way they call fouls, the way they call charges and blocks, it's different.
3: Yeah. There's but different I think things the happening also so, goes as he goes. So like if, if he were like one of those guys like uh even like a Chris Paul who doesn't really flop, then it would be different. I do think LeBron would be great at football if he chose to Did you just career. say that Chris Paul doesn't yeah. flop? There's just a guy that I thought of off the top of my head. He doesn't do it like LeBron. LeBron is the worst.
2: You have to I be like joking.
3: Him. No, no. No. mm
2: you clearly have not watched CP's whole career, and that's fine. But if you go back and watch tape of him playing for the Clippers, I rooted for that team, and it was the most painful thing to watch my whole life. You could probably Google or YouTube a whole reel filled with CP flopping.
3: Okay, but like watch the just, playoffs this year when Chris Paul's out there with that a hurt shoulder. That's bias.
2: It doesn't mean that Chris Paul.
3: I just said it, it was a guy that came Basketball off the top box. of my head. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, sorry, I, that was too
2: much for me to let go.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Bron right.
3: is soft. <laughs>
1: Okay, believe it. uh Last question, Joe cicino who sends in questions like every week. Joe, you're the man. What former college football quarterbacks would have benefited the most had the transfer transfer portal, excuse me, existed sooner? Chris Sims, Chris <laughs> Sims, yeah, right? or Major Tom Apple Brady, White. yeah, Tom I mean, Brady, think yeah. About it, and sure. I, I obviously have the bias to being a Texas fan, but when they had the battle between Major Apple and Chris Sims. They both would have benefited from playing more and from not being in a roller coaster situation where if one guy had a bad throw they got yanked. And you know, Tom Brady and Drew Henson, it was a similar situation at Michigan. So if you want to go early 2000s, late 90s, those are, are definitely two situations where it would have benefited those guys. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's anyone else that's like, oh my god, if that guy, like, I don't know that we think of Matt Castle at USC behind Matt Leiner. we're like, man, well, if he could have gone
3: somewhere else. It's so hard to tell too because those guys were buried on depth charts where it wasn't like, yeah. oh, he got his chance and now we know who he was. I'm sure there were guys at USC or uh Florida back in the day had a good one. Like you know, there's like Doug Johnson yeah. and uh Jesse Palmer. Like maybe one of those guys transfers and becomes something special. But I like the ones you mentioned.
2: But also even like, like, Cam, like Cam
3: Newton, like he got he left Florida He, yeah. he yeah. kind of transferred you know?
2: he did transfer. Yeah. Um much. ish. But the thing is, is, like, also those guys weren't stuck in those situations. You could have done that. The transfer portal is right. just a new version of that um, mm-hmm. type of move. So, I don't I, – it's hard for me to – thinking – I was just trying to think, like, when the transfer portal was created. And I know it's been in the last, like, five to ten years. But I, like, I literally can't like think of four. specifically.
1: Well, I, like I can't even think just Fields is, like, the first big I think five guy. years
2: ago – yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tate Martell was the first one to really abuse oh, yeah. it and mm-hmm. have it ruined. Well, and get immediate college experience.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, that was the the big one. That was sort of the domino effect of, of quarterbacks getting approved quickly as opposed to other position players. So,
0: I love it. Good the old transfer,
1: transfer portal. portal. Good old transfer Good old portal. I do know, I was talking to someone this morning, uh, a scout this morning. The 2022 NFL draft class is the most confusing thing ever because of the transfer portal. Like, wait, where's that guy now? And then also yeah. the your year of eligibility, it's a nightmare. Oh, with that's classification with super seasons. Like, yeah, soph- I saw a sophomores, kid. Sophomores are eligible for the NFL draft somehow. Well, uh, I, I saw a
3: kid announce that he was entering the transfer portal, and he said he was entering to the transfer portal with four years of eligibility still. all right How? How can you yes, do that? Like I you saw spent that too. a year there, yep. but I mean, it is. He played like four years or four games. Mm-hmm. So that year didn't count. So he has four years of eligibility. Yeah. It's like when Shane Bouchelle transferred from Texas and like, hey, by the way, still have two years of eligibility. And then last year with the COVID year, not really counting for a lot of players. It is. It's super confusing of, I, I think that we'll be okay with like the draft and when can players enter? It's three years after high school, but it's like, how long is this kid actually going to stay? You mentioned Perry Ellis earlier. I think we're going to see a lot of those guys yeah. who are like, actually, I have another year because 2020 didn't count. Like Even Brock Purdy, like I think technically maybe he could have another year because this will be his fourth yeah. year in college football. But if 2020 doesn't count towards eligibility, I think maybe he could come back for another season, which he might want to do. Maybe so. Yeah.
1: Maybe so. Uh, Well, we want you guys to come back in one week. Reminder, every Friday, new episodes, the best way to get those. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, everywhere that you can get a podcast, and on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe there so you can watch our lovely faces when Mel and Paige start talking basketball and I start staring at the ceiling. So we'll be back in (laughs) one week, hopefully with lots of NFL news, to talk to you guys about.